Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Great Day Podcast. I'm your friend and host, Mayor K. And today we sat down with Rob Lawless. What a dude. He's on a mission to make 10,000 friends. And I was honored to be friend 3,200. That's right. He's super personable, likable, and we kicked it off right away. First we recorded this podcast and then we actually we sat down for an hour afterwards and then we schmoozed and I would say just check out his profile on his Instagram at Rob's 10K Friends. Anyways, we're going to jump right into this podcast. You'll hear all about what he's up to and also some tips on how to start conversations, how to get connect with somebody with a total stranger. Really, really cool episode. Really great guy. Let's delve in with Rob Lawless. How cozy. Friends, family, friends who are like family, welcome to another great day podcast. Here we are sitting with Rob, 10K Friends, at Rob 10K Friends on Instagram. Yes. Um, yes, we are here in WeWork. Yeah. Fantastic. We are in the A suite. 5A. 5A. 1460 Broadway. Where the magic happens. Well, nice plug. Why are we plugging WeWork? I have a partnership with them. Which is how I survive right now. Amazing. Not yeah. just surviving, yeah. but thriving. We, Rob, tell me your ways. How do you get WeWork to sponsor you? Because I'm here in my 40th episode. And I'm looking to lock down sponsors for my podcast. Tell nice. me, how's it done? So I pitched them back in February. I am currently on a mission to spend one hour one-on-one with 10,000 different people. Nice. So in Philly, I lived like five minutes from the first Philly WeWork. And I've been meeting people there for a while. And then as I've grown my project... I've done some press, like I did a phone interview with Ryan Seacrest um, a couple of years ago in the summer. And so back in February, I pitched WeWork and I said, hey, I'm doing this project. I've met people at your locations for the past several years. I'm starting to get noticed by people like Ryan Seacrest. 60 Second Docs had reached out to me to do a video, um, which ultimately never happened, but I still had their message. Oh, I thought (laughs) 60 Second Docs, and I think they're great. So they, they reached out to you, but they never actually did a doc on you? Yeah, we were going to do, like, I was living in L.A. at the time. Yeah. They wanted to do a video on my story. Didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Philly, and we had everything lined up. And then my point of contact got sick. And uh, then all their videographers got put on long-term projects, and it just kind of, like, spiraled out from there. Well, if they're listening, because they're, they're big fans of this podcast. Oh, so, cool. uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. still here. We'd love to do a video. Rob wants to do it, guys. Come yeah, on, reach out. Um, Back to WeWork. So had sent them the audio from my phone interview with Ryan Seacrest and the direct message, just the screenshot of it from 60 Second Docs, reached out to their head of partnerships. We did a trial partnership back in April when I was living in LA at the time. So they were totally down. They were just like jumped on and like, oh, cool. Like, you know, let's try something new with you. And well, I mean, did you have a big following at the time? Like, did you need to like I had, like, or Ryan Seacrest like opens all doors. Is that, the, is that the... I think he was a good in for them to listen to the email. Okay. Um, I had probably like just over 20,000 followers at the time. So it was more the trial partnership because I was essentially promoting them for free for a month. And then they decide, okay, if you're cool enough, we'll work with you. If not, then no. Uh, and fortunately that- For those who do not know Rob, I just know him for about 10 minutes and boy, is he cool. Yeah. Anyone else who wants to partner too, <laughs> just use that. But um, no, so that went well. Like a lot of people who were following my project started to jump over to their account because they wanted to support my project. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we signed on to essentially a partnership from 
June until our partnership goes till March. And March 2020? March, as in like a month from now. Oh, so wow. we'll see. I, we have to talk about renewal. Um, but it's been like that has given me life over the last nine months and has allowed me to build up my savings to continue the project. So it's huge. Wow, that's a mass. That's, that's huge. So let's rewind a bit. I mean, before you even go there, first of all, I think like Head and Shoulders or some sort of like shampoo brand can oh, yeah. definitely uh, sponsor you because boy, you got some incredible head of hair right Thank there. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate Do that. Do you wake up that way? What's what's your regimen look like? Yeah, I haven't showered in two days. Get out. Wow. No. So you actually live in a WeWork office. Is yeah. that what it is? Okay. No, but I've, um, yeah, just years of just pushing it over. My man. Yeah. My man. Yeah, I got some, I, I admire it. So as we're talking about the project where like, you know, WeWork is sponsoring this project, but what is Rob <laughs> 10K Friends? You know, I, I, you know, we were talking about this before, how I heard about your project and you reminded me that I reached out right after our now, now this uh, sure. short like video that talked about you. And, and I got to say, when you Google, you got some really great press around what you're doing, which essentially is, and I want you to elaborate on that, but sure. like you're meeting, like you said, uh, people, strangers, quote unquote friends mm -hmm. for an hour to get to hear the story connect throughout the country. Is that correct? Yeah. So I always describe it as a mission to spend one hour one-on-one -on -one with 10,000 different people to learn about their lives and to see what comes of opening doors for no particular reason. So a lot of it was driven by like I graduated from Penn State in 2013. We are. Yeah, Penn State. We so, are. Yes. One more so, time. No. no okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, now I graduated from there in 2013, and I had like a large network of friends there that I met through clubs and activities. So I wanted to get back to that sense of familiarity because I felt in the real world you were only making friends through like business or or not. There were there were not a lot of new friendships. It was like people only had time for business, or they only had time for dating. So every new connection was kind of agenda driven. And I wanted to do something that brought me back to that college atmosphere. So, and I also minored in entrepreneurship. So I wanted to do something that could help me create my own path in life. So I studied finance. I worked at Deloitte for a year and three months. And then I went to a tech startup in Philadelphia. Um, and when I was there, I still had this passion or like this desire to do my own thing. And I had thought of this idea about a year and a half earlier and was like, why don't I actually just take action on it? There's low risk to going out and meeting one person and just documenting their story and seeing what happens. Uh, so in November of 2015, I started this project. I met one person that month. I met four people that December, four people that January, five that February. So it was a very slow start. And then eight months after I started, the company that I worked for was bought out. So I was laid off and then jumped into this full time. Uh, mm, and then there's wow. a lot more to the story. Yeah, but I'll, that's, that's pretty wild. I mean, like, so you're, you're essentially looking to get paid to make friends. Kind of. I just like, I don't even care to get paid to make friends. I just want to complete the project and 10, I need 000. to, why 10,000, why not 5,000, why not 1,000, 10,000, that's a lot of people, a lot of hours. Because I thought 10,000 was, it's just such a daunting goal that I think it turns people's heads. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always thought that, especially when you add the one hour per person into it, um, I'd heard of the 10,000 hours, uh, theory before, which is if you do something for 10,000 hours, you're considered an expert in that field. Uh -huh. So the first time I had come across it was through Malcolm Gladwell's outliers. outliers yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, and I just think it's cool to commit to something for that period of time. And I always say, like, I think the me who has completed this project is a much more valuable me than the me who made partner at Deloitte. And just thinking about like 
and I can speak to it so far, the way my perspective has expanded, the life experiences that I've gained out of it, the impact that I can see on other people's lives who are taking inspiration from my project, all of that is creating for me a much more fulfilled life than working in finance, which is not a bad thing if that's a passion for people, it just wasn't for me. Sure. I mean, so when it comes down to meeting somebody, what kind of um, advice do you have to, I mean, in general, like, you know, when you're, you're meeting strangers for the mm -hmm. first time, from your experience, because you've met over almost three, almost 3,000 people, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So throughout this time, throughout this your throughout your adventures and throughout your experience, what's a great way to, let's say someone who's listening who's, uh, you know, introvert or sure. is afraid to meet people or afraid to approach, what are some great ways to break the ice and to make a new friend? So I think in general, one of the things that has served me really well has been having a goal to meet people uh, because then people are more likely to meet with me because they're like, okay, I'm helping you achieve something that you're working towards. So in the beginning of 2019, I wrote this article, how to meet 12 new people in 2019. And I saw people take that and run with that and actually have a really good experience meeting new people. And I think it's because they have like a reason. There's no agenda to the meeting, but they have a reason to meet. Uh, beyond that, in the actual conversation setting, there's a framework that I came across like years into my project, which I think is really helpful and it's called Ford. So it's family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. And if you just keep that in mind when you're trying to get to know someone new, it's like every topic that you would want to cover with that person to know who they are, you can fit into one of those areas. Um, and I tend to think about people's lives in timelines. Like I want to know where you're from, where you are now, where you want to go. And I think if you overlay the Ford on top of that kind of timeline, then you'll have a really good uh, uh, like way of getting to know someone. Mm, yeah, that's really great. This is um, not sponsored by Ford versus Ferrari. Ferrari standing for Ferrari. No, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, so growing up, did you have a difficult time making friends? Is this sort of a way of you breaking out of your own shell or catching up in life? No, so it's the opposite. I always had an easy time making friends and I've always been a people person. So especially when I went to Penn State, like I was involved in a ton of different clubs and activities. And so I made a lot of friends very organically. That's, that's college. That's, you know, 18, 19, 20s. I'm talking about like, you know, preschool, kindergarten. Same, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Um, I mean, with, that, with that smile on that hair, forget about it. Uh, you know? It wasn't always like this. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I was just always a personable person. And I remember getting to high school, being excited to get there because there would be more people to know than I had mm -hmm. in grade school. Uh, and the same thing to go to college. Um, so it's me having positive experiences with meeting people that drove me to want to do it more often and be more intentional about it. Yeah, I've, I know. I've, I've been reading some of the, um, the some of the <clears throat> the write ups you've been having with your me mm -hmm. meetings with friends, and a lot of people have mentioned how they just come to really appreciate how it takes place in the real world, how they're able to turn off their phones for that time, sure. for that hour or so that you meet with them. And do you find like this project? May, may have the success that it has because in this digital age that we live in, people are having less interaction in the real world? I do. I think that that adds to it for sure. Um, I think it, because of the way technology has become so common, it almost makes sitting down one-on-one -on -one with someone a novel idea. Uh, and I think people, it just, it fits that narrative really well of people being like, we're too, on our phones too much. We need to get back to human connection. And so that when they see someone actually doing that and leading by example in that space, I think they're attracted to it. And especially for 
the younger generations, you hear that a lot that they're like someone told me yesterday, they're like, my 13 year old, and my 16 year old can't look people in the eyes when they talk because they're so used to being on their phone. And so mm. I think people are worried that that's going to become more of a thing. And you hear that there being a loneliness epidemic going on right now. And uh, so I think people are just inspired by something that is kind of swimming in the opposite direction of all of that stuff. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I, 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 for one, have have felt loneliness. And I spoke recently to uh, a friend of mine, uh, Radha. She's one of the co-founders of Daybreaker, which is all about. Oh, she, yeah. She, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. So nice. you go, to, oh, Rob, you, have you never ex- experienced it? I have Daybreaker? not been to it. We got to go. I'm not a morning person, but I'll get up one time to go. Oh, well, first of all, a lot of people open up with the, you know, I'm not a morning person. Okay. And after experiencing the first Daybreaker, they're like, oh, I got to do this again. Okay. You know, I'm sure. It's a game sure. changer. Yeah. It's a game changer. A lot of fun. But she's also all about you know, building communities and, and finding your community. And uh, we just talked about the, the the loneliness epidemic, which is something that I could connect to. And like, I found myself, even though I, I, I know f- I for myself, am a people's person. And I love, you know, crowd. I get, I get, usually gain energy from being in big crowds. Same. But at the same time, I've also experienced quite often over the past, especially my mid twenties. Um, I'm 30 now. Okay. Um, quite a big moments of, of loneliness, even being surrounded by people or being with people, um, finding a certain loneliness that takes place. And, um, and I think it's, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with, because I mean, I, I sort of like fulfill a certain, the need of being with people through social media and, and connecting with a lot of people. But actually, if you take it all away in reality, you know, there's, there's no one really around you sure. know, in, in that sort of sense. So, um, I think it's really cool that it's actually grounded in reality that you actually meeting people talking with them. Yeah. Is there anybody that you've met thus far that stick out their story or their interaction that, that you've really connected with? The, a handful of people. Um, there, so I, for context, I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia. My parents are still together, still alive, still married. Um, wow. Special. Yeah, it's nice. My I'm the youngest of three, so I'm 29. My brother's 30. My sister's 34. All three of us went to Penn State. Everyone is like doing well, and so we're a tightly knit family. And I think I have realized how much of a luxury that is now talking to people who have had different life experiences than me. And so a lot of the stories that stick out to me are ones that contrast my own. And I met this woman Roz in Philadelphia who we still keep in touch, but she, I met her because there was a guy in Philadelphia who was homeless at the time and he was going through like all these surgeries and a woman that I'd previously met was helping him and she was looking for someone to house him while he recovered. And so this woman, Roz, stepped in, offered up a bedroom in her house for him. And so I met with him, but then I met her afterwards and her story was crazy. She grew up in like the Kensington area of Philly, with if you're not familiar with, is... It's just not typically known as a great place in Philly. There's a lot of like opioid addiction there right now. Um, But there's also a lot of people doing work to make that a better area. And she's one of them. She grew up there. And when I think when she was 16 years old, her ex-boyfriend found out that she was dating someone new, got jealous, tried to kill her. Oh, wow. uh, Didn't succeed. But he was like chasing her down the block, shooting at her. Um, But then he went around the corner, found her current boyfriend and murdered him. Oh, my God. So that happened when she was 16. And then in her early 20s, her twin sister committed suicide. And I think it was 2012, her younger brother was murdered trying to protect his nephew. And so she, I feel like any one of those instances oh would rock someone's world. And for her to go through all of them 
and then still come out. And now she she runs a project called Operation Save Our City in Philadelphia. And she basically is an advocate for the families of victims of homicide um, to the point where like she'll knock on people's doors and be like, I know, you know, your son did this like turn him in. Uh, oh, wow. So she's kind of a badass. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I'm just inspired by those types of stories because I think that gives me a lot of perspective on life and to do like even to talk about my journey having done it full time since July of 2016 I'm lucky to have a partnership now but there have been times where two summers ago I had $500 to my name and before my WeWork project kicked or sponsorship kicked in I had like $200 to my name and so I can sit and look at my situation and be like man this is so hard um but it's not because I have a finance degree from Penn State and I have this support system and I have these amazing friends and I've had a fortunate background to not have trauma like that. So those stories keep life in perspective for me. That's incredible. And wow. Shout out to Roz. Yeah. <laughs> That's an insane, uh, insane journey. And for sure. And yeah, just, I mean, you just sharing that with me, uh, is, gives me a lot of, uh, inspiration and hope and uh yeah that's really moved by that sure and that's and like you mentioned that's one that's just one individual doing incredible things and like and you're and here you are meeting so many people and mm-hmm. and and that's just uh it's, it's amazing that you you share that the share the story and you have a platform to share those those inspiring stories with people yeah yeah the um so do you, is this also another clever way i mean i feel like if i shared if i started a project like this my grandmother would sort of turn it on its head and say is this like a, a way for you to find your your partner, your your shidduch, your uh-huh. uh, a girlfriend? Maybe is this? Uh, have you found along your journey? Uh, have you met girlfriends, or, or is this a, I've, perhaps a, a subtle way of finding the one? This this is that's all it's for. <laughs> you creep. I've had no luck in dating before, <laughs> Rob. No. Um, no, I've gone out with a few girls after the fact. Um, yeah, yeah, which has been nice. I feel like. It's I always HR didn't come breathing down your neck. Like is that what's that? HR didn't come breathing down your neck like Rob. Well, you, can't, say, you can't date the interviewees. <laughs> it's me. Yeah. I, I am HR. So it's just <laughs> me. Um but I'm very passive about that. Like I will never meet a girl and then turn around and message her afterwards and be like, hey, that was cool. We should hang out again. But what are the what are the, what are the rules that you put for yourself? Just, like if they're interested and I think there's a chemistry there. Well, how do you know if, if, if they reach out to you first? If they reach out, yeah. Okay. Um, so you don't, you never, you never reach out to them first? No. Okay. Yeah. Because I want to be, I just want to be respectful of the project and I'm sure a girl coming in to be like, this is a really nice situation to finally just meet with someone without any agenda. If I go around and then turn that back into dating, it completely ruins the, the integrity of what that experience was supposed to be for them. So I'll sit back on it, on it, but People say that all the time. They're like, you're going to find your wife through this project. And I'm like, I'm down. Like, that sounds like a much better story than Hinge or yeah, whatever. Right, Not true. That that's a bad thing. My either. buddy People- Nas Daly, he, um, his girlfriend, his current girlfriend now, uh-huh. um, is a, uh, is, is a woman that he met doing like a profile on her, like one of his, one of his videos. So that's really cool. Now they're traveling the world together and they're yeah. creating content together. That's funny. He, um, I don't know if you remember when he put out, it must've been two summers ago a story or something it was like i'm looking for people to follow me around the world and do stories and yes capture videos of people's stories and i had submitted and talked back and forth for him with him nice. for a bit during that time ultimately fell off and i continued to do my thing but cool um 
yeah, I've come across his work and Drew Binsky, I think is like in similar space. Drew as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sure. Yeah. The world gets that much more smaller when you find, you know, you find people who are doing. It does. You get bubbled up too. And like, yes, theory, same thing. Yes. I met a couple of those guys when I was out in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I did a video with them once. Oh, really? Yeah. We went around surprising uh, mothers on Mother's Day. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Really cool dudes. Really great people. Yeah. Yeah, Super nice. Yeah, it's 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 really nice to be able to like when people like reach out and say, "Hey, you remind me of this guy or that person," and, and it's like, "Yeah, it's okay. I like to be associated with you know similar sure. like-minded individuals who are making this world a brighter place." You know? Yeah, it is. People, that's been a cool thing about the project. People, they like push you up into these other atmospheres of people doing similar work. Yeah, which is like I'm not surprised that you and I connected at some point along each of our journeys. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And thanks for writing back so quickly and, for and, sure. and doing this. It's, this is fun. This yeah. is great. Is there somebody out there that you would li- that you would like to collab with or meet and have a conversation with? Um, I don't know. I'm so, I just, I'm so like open-minded with everything that I'm kind of just going with the flow. Uh, people ask if there's someone I'd like to sit down with and talk to. I think John Bellion is really interesting. Do you mm. know who he is? Who's John Bellion? So he is a musician. For those who don't know him, I mean, yeah, he's right. a musician. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, I don't know. his most popular song is probably "All Time Low." Um, How's it go? Sing it for us. No, I'm not a singer. Come on, Rob, no, sing I for can't us. do it. Play it in the video. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, like, he wrote on "Monster" for Eminem and Rihanna. Um, nice. He does a lot with like. Quinn how's, that song, how's that song go again? How's that? the monster one? Yeah, Rob. How's it oh, go? Let me get it. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> play it in the video. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. but I, I, he, he is. Um, he's around our age as well. I just think he's a musical wow. genius, and so I'm more interested to meet with him not because of like um, his mu- like to where he's got, but I think the way he brings music together and notes and stuff is really interesting. And so I'm interested in his mind and how it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's always fascinating to see how like people like can like how they people operate so differently, right? Sure. It's just like so. how minds work and all that all that jazz. So when you shared this project with your with your folks, with your parents, sure. were they supportive in this or do they think like, come on, Rob, you got this degree and you spent mm-hmm. all this time and money on education? Like sure. what, what are you doing? Pretty much the the latter. Yeah. They yeah. were Yeah. Cause I remember so when I left when I was at Deloitte. When I graduated college, I got this consulting job with Deloitte. I was dating this girl that my parents really liked. uh, And I was on that track to be like, wife, house, kids. Uh, Deloitte was going to pay for me to get my MBA full time from probably like Wharton or one of the schools nearby in Philly. Um, And my parents were so excited about that. And they obviously come from a much more traditional generation. But when I left Deloitte to take a pay cut and go to a tech startup, they couldn't understand why I made that move. And for me, it was the reward seemed greater than the risk. And then in that time, I started this project. And then when I was laid off, I remember them being like, see, did this work out how you thought it would? Kind of like you should have stayed at Deloitte. You kind of set yourself back. And to their surprise, I was like, oh, going into this (laughs) hard left into no money and me doing my own thing. Um, And... I distinctly remember sitting at the dinner table with them and my older sister and me smiling and them being mad at me because they were like, you have to wake up. You kind of have to come back to reality. reality. You have to get a job. And I think it's hard for someone who's on a creative path to define their ambition for their parents or to lay out what ambition feels like or your gut feeling. Because a lot of they wanted all of the answers up front and they still kind of do. 
want the answers to how it's going to be stable, how you're going to make money. But when you're passionate about something, I think you're willing to go into the darkness to find those answers along the way. Uh, and that's what I was willing to do. And so it has just been a time of kind of pulling them along. And I finished out my lease in Philly when I took it full time. And then I went out to Los Angeles for a summer. And then after that summer, I moved back in with my parents. And I think at that point, they were like, you're 27 years old. You have no job, no income, no girlfriend. What are you doing with your life? And uh, man, shots fired, man. Mom and dad are really yeah Um, down on you. And side note, I, I love my parents and they're awesome. But it was just their way of kind of trying to influence me back to a path that they thought was better. Um, safe. Right. And so I've had to pull them along and I think there's still doubts in their mind, but I think in the summer, CBS Philly did a uh, story on me, which led to the Kelly Clarkson show having me on as a guest. And I did the New York post and I did daily mail and now this, um, and I had the WeWork partnership. And so there's a lot of, you're on the mayor K podcast. Yeah. And that's the biggest one. And so, massive. I think when they saw those things start to happen, they were like, okay, maybe it's not as risky as we thought. It's still not like, I think they will be comfortable when I was making what I was making at Deloitte or so when I'm making what sort of pretty much comfortability or like the anxiety comes less is if you're making money off it. Right. Or, and or, also yeah. I think they, like, I come from a traditional Catholic family and it's just, I think they expect me at this age to have my own house, my own car to be married yeah. and to be thinking about kids. And I'm just, all of those things have been pushed back years for me mm-hmm. to where I still want those things, but I'm not going to have them at the same age that all of my friends have them yeah. or that all of my parents, friends, kids have them. And so I think for them, it's also a bit of comparison from them and like how are people perceiving them because their son is in this non-traditional path. Totally. Do you, do you think your, your ex-girlfriend left you because of the choices that you made towards your career? No, it was, yeah, she let's, was like, let's he, go there, Rob, let's go there. Oh, we can go there. She, she was like, he's not going anywhere in life. Uh, <laughs> no, she, uh, she studied musical theater at Penn state. Uh, so she went into the Broadway world. Um, and I, she's still a great person. She oh, actually she here in New York. Yeah. Did she, you guys <clears> like chill, hang out? We, we've met up in recent months just to kind of, she had broken up with her ex-boyfriend and then we met up kind of to see if there's like anything there. Um, but We've always like kept in touch once a year just to kind of check in on each other. Mm. And I think with the dating an actress is hard because there are certain things like for her to pursue her career, I've watched her make out with other guys on stage and mm. I know it's acting and stuff, but it is difficult. And so I always wonder how that was for like, you know, like, yeah, people who are partnered up with actors or actresses in like the film industries and stuff. I think it's. It's, I mean, personally for me, it's difficult. And so I think that was a lot of what led to, mm. I mean, we, we mutually separated, but I think that was a big sticking point for us. Yeah. Um, but I want her to succeed in her career. Like I want to be able to see her in a movie someday and be like, oh, I dated that girl. And yeah. I hope she can see me someday and be like, I dated that guy. Absolutely. When she hears this podcast, she'll know it. Yeah. You made it. She'll come running back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. Right. I yeah. mean, can't guarantee that, but who knows? It's yeah. definitely the made it status. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. I really relate to what you were saying earlier with about the perspective. I mean, a loving and, and respecting my parents as well. And thank God they're together. And, and, uh, but it's, it was taking, it's, it has taken them and perhaps still takes them some time to wrap their heads around certain ideas and like me going into 
the creative field, pursuing the 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 projects that I have been pursuing. And even the other night, I was hanging out with my grandmother, and you know, it took me for a while to kind of come around to this idea of how she and how people close to me express their love and their concern for me. Mm-hmm. Growing up, teens, early twenties, I would get so frustrated when my you know my my grandmother would you know would share with me like how I should go like stop volunteering or do more professional type of jobs, focus more on money and career rather than jumping around making videos on YouTube. And and I realized, you know, as, as I get older, I, I realized her language of love and her concern was just the way she expressed it and learning more about her history, how, you know, she had to fight for every dollar. She came like from out of, you know, from Russia and didn't have much money and she built herself up, became built her own career, became a career woman and was able to support her own family. And and for her that's these are very important things for her, and that she, and she sort of wants that for me. Not realizing that I think I grew up in a different world, different reality than she has, and I have different opportunities than she has. But for her, she still hangs on to those fears, those anxieties when she was a child or when she was my age. Mm-hmm. So just understanding her background, understanding her struggles and her challenges and her triumphs, and seeing how she just brings that out in her dialogue to me, I'm like, okay, you know. I could listen, understand, appreciate what she has to say and also not necessarily have to like, you know, take that so like, you know, oh, she doesn't support me or love me, but rather than just the opposite by her expressing that she does. And I could also continue on doing what I love to do and, and try to share that with her and bring her along that journey. So it's, just, um, it's, it is, it is tr- amazing to see that trans, that difference between the generational uh, gaps between our parents and grandparents and to where we're at. And I, and I try to encourage my friends and like for friends of mine who I know they have this, you know, this, this dream, this urge to do something different, but yet they're still, they're, they're still bombarded or they're still stuck by the ways of, you know, of old. Mm. And uh, I can see a lot of discomfort within that, within their being because they want to do one thing, but they're pulled to do something else and they still haven't yet to find the courage and the the ambition to go out and, and follow through. And it's hard, it's hard. I mean, I'm there always as a friend to support them and to like say, hey, you know, it, it's, it is scary and, and mm-hmm. go ahead, try, try to make, you know, do it. You know, you gotta take those actions to do it. Um, but ultimately um, it comes down to them and their willingness to wanna like take those risks. What what do you, what has worked for you? Um, because, you know, you you did have that, you know, traditional job, you, you, you did get laid off so that forced you to take this plunge. Um, but what kind of advice would you share that for those who are sort of stuck in that space where they want to pursue a dream, they want to pursue something different, but yet they're maybe too comfortable, they don't have the, the, the courage to do so? I think the biggest thing is to start. Uh, so I, when I was at Penn State, there were three alumni, they started a company called Weebly, which is kind of like Squarespace. Um, but it sold for like $350 million mm. and they would come back to Penn State and do this startup week and they would bring their friends and their friends were Drew Houston, who started Dropbox, like 30 year old billionaire. Uh, this dude, Justin Khan, who sold Twitch to Amazon for a billion dollars. Wow. His younger brother, I think his name is Daniel Khan, who sold his self-driving car technology to GM for a billion dollars. <laughs> uh, Steve Huffman, who co-founded Reddit. So they like all the all stars of Silicon Valley were in their friend network. Um, and they would always come back and talk about just starting because they started Weebly when they were students. And I think you, if you're, if you're not willing to start, you have to look inside and really question your passion for whatever you're doing. Because I think if you're not willing to start, then maybe move on to a different idea. But if you are willing to start, then do it and 
for me, I did this eight months alongside a full-time job um, and I was happy to do it. It was something that I was happy to invest my time into. Uh, and so I think once you start, the key is to never stop. And if you're committed to it, like I have reframed my mind when I got to the point where I had $500 in my pocket, I started to think of this line from a Kid Cudi song and How's you it go? Go. <laughs> ah, <here it> um, <laughs> so it's, he says the end is never the end. And I would think about that because I was like, if I, if I hit $0 in my bank account, previous me would have thought that that was the end, but it's not. I could put out an Instagram story and say, Hey, does anyone have a part-time job opportunity that I could hop into? Or I could put out a GoFundMe and say, Hey, if you like my project, maybe you could donate to help me going or keep me going. Um, or I could get more ambitious about my reaching out to partners and make something happen. So I think if you're truly committed, then you can line your life up in a way that everything points towards the end goal occurring. Um, and I also think important to have along the way small validations. So for me, starting this project, if I've met 3,200 people and no one ever asked me to be on a podcast, no one ever reached out to me, no one ever wanted to do a press piece on it, then maybe it's not as interesting as I thought it initially was. So for me, the validations were 65 people into the project, a publication in Philly did an article on it. And then a month later, a local TV station did a, a spot on it. And then people started to reach out to me and I kind of saw that shift and eventually people from other parts of the world reached out to me. And then TV stations in Chicago and radio stations from Canada. And so those still to this day are validations to me that, okay, I'm on the right path because I'm definitely not at a place of stability, but in my mind, I'm like, I can't have this much demand of people reaching out, this much interest and fail. There has to be a way to kind of harness that and use it to move forward. Mm. What does success look for you, <laughs> for you <laughs> look, like, <laughs> look like, yes. What, success to me, I don't know, I'm, I'm very personally tied to the goal. A lot of, I just wanna be able to complete it because it was this lofty goal that I set my, for myself that people questioned in the beginning and people thought was silly and didn't think that I could do. And so for me, I just want to prove to myself that I can do it. Um, and I, that that is success for the project, but I'd also like it to kind of spill outside of myself. And I think through that article that I wrote on how to meet 12 new people, I'd like to see that grow. I'd like people to see me doing this path and I... I hope that they see an example of something that they could also do that could enrich their lives. Um, so I think I'm hoping it creates kind of a snowball movement of people getting out and meeting people who are different from them. Because I think there's a lot of space for empathy to be created in the world. Um, long term, I'd like to have a course on human connection at a college or university. So I think it'd be really important for students to be able to learn from each other's backgrounds, having one-on-one -on -one conversations as opposed to a textbook or a PowerPoint. And I think like, um, I think it's, universities should already be doing this. I think because it's such an informal concept, they don't think about it. But I put out a story on my Instagram, just polling people and I said, what was more valuable to you? The relationships you made in college or your least valuable general education course that you had to take? And it was 88% friendships. And so I think that's telling that that's an area universities should invest more into. Um, but I also want to speak about the project. Uh, but general life success for me is 
being able to have a modest house, a modest car, a wife and kids, but being able to support those things through this project as opposed to having to trade my time to someone else. Amazing. So you're really you're really dedicated to this project. I mean, this is this is sort of it seems like your, your life goal right now, your life mission to go out, build these connections, hit that 10K and to build a life around that. And I think for me, what really amazed me was, you know, I only I mean, I reached out to you a few months ago after seeing the public one, the now this video. But you've been doing this for since 2015. You've been doing this for five years. You know, I think a lot of people I know for myself, we could see the success of people. You know, you're in the news now. You're being covered. Mm. You're on the Mayor K podcast. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> you're, um, but you've been at this for five years. You've been doing this for a long time, and and plan to doing so. So it, it, I think it's a good reminder, at least for myself, it was to like things take time. Things take time to to ruminate, to learn, to grow, to pick up. And uh, if you're passionate about it, like my friend Lewis House says, like the world makes space for passionate people. Mm. If you're passionate about something, perhaps there is no specific way or there's no plan that, hey, this is how I'm gonna support myself through my passion. Mm -hmm. However, that passion will fuel and create open new doors for you to be able to do so if you stick to it. <clears throat> yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, there was, I'm not huge on blogging, but there was one post that I wrote um, a while back and I was just talking about patience and I was like, patience is being so confident in yourself that you don't let the pressure of time get in the way. And I think that's a huge thing for people to realize that I have just always believed that this project is going to work out. So if it takes me seven years to get to that point or 10 years to get to that point, it's fine because I'm, I see the point that I want to get to and I fully believe that I'm going to get there. So why would I worry about that time in between? It's just... Wow. Yeah. And I have found too, kind of going back to advice for people who feel like they're stuck and maybe not able to take that leap. I always thought that sacrifice, it would feel like, oh, I can't go out with my friends this weekend or I can't do this. And so pity me and I have to do this stuff. But sure. it hasn't been that for me. It's just become that I'm so passionate about the project that the idea of sitting home on a Friday night, answering messages and setting up times to meet with people is more exciting to me than watching a movie or being out at the bars. And so it wasn't, it's a sacrifice, but it's not something that has really taken away from my quality of life. Yeah, a mentor of mine likes to change the language. When I write to him sometimes, I'm like when he t gives me like a task to do or some sort of exercise um, to like write down something, which I find difficult to journal. And he's like, I'm like, oh, I have to do this. He's like, you don't have to do anything. You can choose to do this. You're, it's your choice. And like, and when I think just using the, changing the word having to choosing, empowers me to like, yeah, wait a second. I really don't have to do anything. I could, I could do anything I really want right now, but, um, it changes my mindset to say at this very moment, I choose to do it. It gives, it gives me back the power sure. to decide what I, what I can do right now in this very moment to help my own betterment. Right. I, um, but I also, I think, I mean, also back to it, like you're saying, like, I, I also like, I find, I think turning 30 or even in my later twenties, I found, that I rather go to sleep earlier than going to you know and sure. going to sleep earlier so I can wake up earlier or different habits you know on a on a weekend to go and you know <clears throat> to uh, to spend time with perhaps with a, with less with less people so to speak with one on one connections and going out partying with a bunch of people or spending time celebrating a birthday or or an occasion with you know with people in my life that you know that really cultivated friendships friendships with so it is it's, it's really cool to see the difference between how i've shifted and how i've grown from my 
earlier 20s to my 30s. And I'm starting to step into that now because of uh, maybe hashtag adulting. You know, sure. Been, I know you mentioned how when you started this program, uh, this journey of yours five years ago, how you've shifted a bit from then to now. What are some characteristics that come to mind that you've grown in? That I've grown. I think gratitude is the biggest one. Um, so kind of going back to the way that I was raised and the, the support system that I have and hearing about other people's stories who, who didn't have those resources. And another situation is I met a girl in Los Angeles who had to drop out of college because she had to move home to work a job to help her mom afford rent. And so that is a situation that exists for someone out there. And she's not a college dropout because she's not smart or she's not educated. It's because her circumstances are different and she has to approach life in a different strategy than I had to do so. So I'm grateful the fact for the fact that I was able to go to college. I worked over the summers and I worked on breaks, but I didn't have that kind of thing like taking away from the path that I'm currently on. So I am much more now I get my kicks from being with my close friends. Um, I have a very good group of friends from Penn State. I get my kicks from being around my parents or being with my my sister uh, and my brother. Wow. So, so like when I'm home, I kind of feel like I've gone back to the seventh grade version of myself where if I'm home in Philly on a weekend and I'm, I'm at my parents' house, I kind of would rather stay in and watch a movie with them uh, than go out on the weekends because the other thing too is I've met people who have lost parents and who've lost loved ones. And so that has really made me face the finiteness of life. And so it's sad to think about, but I'm like, th there's a ticking clock that I have with my friends and there's a ticking clock that I have with my parents. And if I'm not sitting, like when I, when I was living at home, my mom and I would have tea after dinner all the time. And I loved it. We would throw on the Sixers or throw on the Phillies and just drink tea together. And those became really nice moments for me in my life because I was like, wow, this is just quality time with my mom, a person that I love. And I just want to appreciate this because there are people who can't do this anymore. So I've shifted a lot in, in that sense. And you talking about kind of being in your, like being 30 or getting in the late twenties, I think about that too. Cause I think I have to caveat what I said earlier about those sacrifices because I've been fortunate enough to get to a point where my friends have gotten married, so they're not out as much. And to be in your late twenties, you're not as much out as much as you were when you were 21 or 22. Right. So maybe there is a difference there. And maybe that's me being like your grandmother a bit and seeing things from an older yeah, sense. And being, but um, yeah, I've just changed in that way. I think I've um, come to appreciate a lot of the things that I already have instead of chasing other things. Mm. That's beautiful. So what's uh where where what's what's the future for Rob? What's your 2020 goals? 2020 goals. Um I would love to start speaking about the project. So business-wise to to do something like this, I think having the partnerships with WeWork is great, but I think for me being able to become a skilled speaker is probably a more stable path forward. And I do think I have a lot to share with students and universities people at corporations or people who are dealing with people like realtors, for example, who it's important for them to get to know their clients. Um, I think I have a lot to share in that space. And so I'd like to start supporting myself that way. I would love to get abroad for the project. Uh, Do you feel like you're limited in that sense? Do you speak any, any of the languages besides English? 
No, I took Spanish for a few years. Uh, uh, okay. but I got an A on every test, but oh. I couldn't uh, couldn't really speak <laughs> Manana. it. Manana. Yeah. Manzana. Um, that's all I know from Duolingo. I but think. I would like to drop myself in a Spanish-speaking nation and maybe do this for like three months there. Yeah. Um, do you feel like not knowing other languages will limit, you know, the kind of diversity you could have on this project? Maybe. I mean, I think there's definitely ways around it where... This next episode is sponsored by Google Translate. <laughs> yeah, or a translator or something like that. Yeah, sure. um, or I think you can still establish a connection with someone without fully having to speak um, and like understand their language. And maybe that's something cool that I'll be able to explore. Um, but I hope that by the end of this project, I've met people from all over the world. Um, but yeah, 2020 is more um, just establishing myself as a speaker, trying to meet four people every day during the week. So that's my usual schedule. Um, and just sticking more to like the systems. There's a book called Atomic Habits that I'm not sure. Yeah, I have it on Audible. Nice. Yeah. I personally haven't read I have it. it. I haven't read it. I haven't <laughs> okay, read it. I haven't I read it either. <laughs> My brother has it right now, but yes. it's in the times that I've heard about it, people are always talking about the systems and not the goals. And or I met someone the other day who said, like, fall in love with dedication, not motivation. Like if you're motivated, you'll just be motivated to get to that particular goal. Mm. If you're dedicated, then you're dedicated to the daily grind of it. And so I will always be that way too, to just meet four people every day yeah. and see what comes of those connections uh, and let the project kind of unfold by itself. Yeah, I like that. I mean, just I, I got stuck on what you said about motivation, dedication. Reminds me of a recent video I heard from Zig Ziglar where he talks about how motivation... I guess you could, in this case, say dedication is like showering. Okay. Like you could take a shower yesterday and, and, or, and that's great, but you still got to take a shower today or a shower from yesterday could last maybe a couple of days, but then you got to shower again, but you're also going to start smelling. Yeah. So to a dedication slash motivation, True. it's something, it's a practice. You got to show up every day. You could go to a, a seminar or read a book, hear one and, uh, and say, wow, man, I'm motivated. But then a few, a few weeks later, you're like, wait a second, why am I not motivated anymore? It's like, you got to put the work in. Sure. You got to stay committed to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, yeah, falling in love with the, the grind of it. Falling with, exactly. And that's something that really resonates, that, that a resonates, but also that I'm really picking up and receiving from you is how dedicated you are to this project, how passionate you are, and also um, how personal you are. It's really, it's really been a pleasure sitting down with you, Rob. And Likewise. Sharing, yeah, hearing this, uh, hearing your story, your journey, and uh, I'm very excited to see where this journey takes you. Likewise. Yeah. Where can people find you? Uh, on Instagram, my handle is at Rob's 10K Friends. Um, that's where I take a picture with everyone. I share about their story. Mm -hmm. And if they want to message me and be part of the project, I'm in the New York City area for the foreseeable future, but always hoping to travel more within the country and out of the country. So always happy to receive a message, even if I can't meet them right away. Awesome. Awesome. Pick me. Pick me. Yeah. I'll, we'll, we'll meet. <laughs> Yay. Next. <laughs> 3200. I'll be 3,200? Yeah. On the dot? Yeah. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. It's All a right. milestone. That's a big milestone. Wow. <clears throat> Friends, I'm going to be Rob's 3,200th three, friend. 3,200th friend. Very exciting. So if you want to see what we talk about, check out Rob's uh, Instagram page, website, read all about it, and, see, uh, and stay in tune with all his adventures. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Okay. My pleasure. Cool. High five. Ooh. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and thank you, Rob, for coming through and, you know, sharing your, your story with us and doing what you're doing. I think it's so important to people to stop, connect, turn off those phones and meet a stranger, meet a potential friend. Who knows what could happen in those 
in those scenarios. So really cool, inspiring to meet you, Rob. And thank you for, again for listening. If you haven't yet, subscribe to this podcast. It goes a long way. Go through the other episodes if you haven't had a chance yet. And uh, please share it with friends or family if this brought any value to you, if you enjoy this. Stay tuned. Mondays is the day we launch these um, these podcasts. So uh, check that out. Subscribe so you get notified. And until then, I'm Mayor Kay, wishing you a great day.